0: gotta run deep to hold on to the truth that we're carrying and love is the space between the space between the seed and the whole tree what do you say what's in your soul Put in the Hello friend, I'm Rachel Alaya, and this is Root to Rise. Welcome, I'm grateful and blessed to be here with you. This is a podcast for those of you who are putting in the sweet effort of living into a different way of being human. For those rooting down and rising up into the most beautiful world you know is possible. In this podcast, we will be exploring a wide range of topics, including conscious motherhood, spirituality, and homesteading, marriage, homeschooling, healing, and more. This podcast comes from the living laboratory that is my own life, which incorporates an exploration of what it means to hospice the old dying ways of being out of this world and midwifing into life and existence that centers love, compassion, beauty, truth, and freedom. So get comfortable. Maybe grab a tea or a coffee and sit down and journey with me. I'll be sharing podcasts weekly, and I look forward to receiving input from you. Please feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcast directory and leave us a rating or review if it resonates. Thanks so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing where this journey takes us. Hello, friends. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you're well and resourced and grounded. And if not, I pray that you find peace. And this is our eighth episode together. I am honored that you found your way here. I was looking through the podcast analytics this morning and we don't have a ton of listeners on the show, but... I know that the ones who are listening are meant to be here, the handful of you that there are, <laughs> and I'm really honored and glad that you're you're here. So I want to, before we drop into the content today, offer a little bit of... Mm, Yeah, just offer a little something. I'm in the process right now with a friend of mine forming a new offering, and I'm really excited about it. And it should be available probably in the next month or two. Um, And that will be a kind of community membership offering and it will be specifically geared to mothers. Now, you don't have to be a mama to uh, to participate or to enroll. Um, we're not going to be <laughs> cross-examining you and making sure that you've you have children. But it will be geared towards women who have children. And if you don't and you want to participate anyways, I'm sure that you will gain tremendous value. This will be a space where you can have different tiers to sign up um, and you'll get different uh, access, basically, depending on how much you're investing per month. And... Yeah, I'm really excited about that. It's going to be such a beautiful space, a beautiful offering for folks to drop in. And um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm planting the seeds with those of you who are listening here. And uh, so stay tuned for that. This show is, will be sponsored by that offering. Um, I don't charge for these podcasts. It's really important for me to get these out to you. And I know that they're of value. And also, it's not, you know, there is, um, there is an exchange that happens. So the time that it takes to create these podcasts, um, you know, there is time and effort that goes into it. So Uh, I appreciate you recognizing and valuing that process as well. There's a topic that I feel I really want to speak to, and this will likely be the first in a series of podcast episodes on the topic. And I also want to offer a little disclaimer that we're going to be talking about Uh, trauma, which can be a little bit difficult for folks, um, who live with trauma, complex trauma, post-traumatic stress. So if you find yourself feeling overwhelmed or, uh, yeah, just like really activated by the content, um, I just want to give you permission to meet yourself where you're at and take the content that's shared here um, slowly, you know, take it with consideration of yourself and receive it compassionately. So that might mean pausing, taking a break, and coming back to the episode later. It might mean uh, really recognizing and resourcing yourself as you receive the information that's shared, tending to your heart, tending to your body are really important and not forcing things. So, without further ado, I'm naming this episode PTSD by way of the Matrix. I recently listened to a podcast called 1000 hours outside. And there was an interview with a researcher, author, parenting expert, Kim John Payne, who has his own podcast as well. And all of these, I will link in the show notes. And the podcast episode was called the undeclared war on childhood. And it was so deeply resonant and yeah, like a little unsettling and bone shaking for me to, to listen to. And it made me realize there's, there's something to the conversation around what it means to live in the context of the overculture, the context of modern society and basically like the base level chronic cumulative stress that exists in that space and the effects that it has on our well-being and the more research is done the more research comes out, that environment plays a huge factor in our well-being and our ability to show up and live in our wholeness. And this is a topic that I, I think is central to my work, is how do we show up as human beings, as conscious beings, creators, co-creators, as mothers, as parents in the context of the world we're swimming in and be able to create and birth a new way of being in the world. And it is in my understanding or my belief that As we develop awareness, we build understanding. As we build understanding, we build compassion. As we build compassion, we build presence. And presence is the element that is deeply healing and integrating and provides coherence. So the information that I want to share with you today, the intention that I have behind it, is to offer awareness, which leads to understanding, compassion, presence, healing. Okay, so what do I mean by PTSD by way of the matrix? I mean that simply existing in the world these days, in modern society, gives us or burdens us with a level of cumulative stress That puts us on the spectrum of trauma. I will repeat that. Living in the matrix traumatizes us. (laughs) We live now with a level of cumulative stress that puts us on the arousal continuum activates our stress response cycle perpetually and has us living and existing outside of our, our own window of tolerance for stress. When I became a mother, I started to become super, almost borderline obsessed with understanding Stress with understanding the neurobiology of trauma. And what I've learned has totally changed and transformed my life. So I'd like to share a little bit about the nuances of what I'm saying. We often think of trauma as like, a single event that happens to us that's overwhelming, painful, um, you know, earth-shaking. And it can be, absolutely. But it can also be a cumulative experience where the uh, environment that we exist in overwhelms our bodies, minds, hearts, and souls experiment, experiment, experience uh, in a chronic sense. And that can um, basically bring us out of our ability to stay connected to each other to have access to our full capacities and faculties as human beings, can keep us looped into trauma responses. So in order to rewrite the story of our time, I believe it's imperative that we understand what's going on. What are some of the sources of cumulative stress in modern, the modern matrix? Well, the more obvious ones are like war and militarized conflict, um, racial, gender, sex-based violence and oppression. We have intergenerational tr- or ancestral trauma, which is composed basically of the traumatic experiences of our ancestors that we carry now in our bodies. And we do carry that. We have religious trauma, but then we also have things like chronic isolation. We have things like the overvaluation of perpetual productivity where we live in this hustle and grind culture. And there's a, really a lack of life support for those in the 9 to 5, for those who, are, um, who don't necessarily have access to choose a different way of being in the world. Who trade in their time and... And their life force and their energy for financial resources and stability. You have the devaluation, you know, on on in that same hand, the devaluation of domestic reproductivity, the erasure of uh, mothering and housework, and um the the lack of support for the family unit. You have an incredible um, overuse of screens, which are both offer way too much sensory stimulation, especially for children. But we have this um, constant barrage of information we have a constant barrage of of like i said sensory stimulation we have a constant barrage of like being available to everyone all the time right and that has an effect (laughs) What else we have? Um, I mentioned that the dissolution of support for the family unit, the dissolution of the family unit, so we no longer have help by way of intergenerational connections and interfamilial connections. We have a huge amount of birth trauma, both of our own births, and if you're a mama, like the the birth that the births that you have of your children, and the trauma that the medical industrial complex imposes, we have a burden of toxicity in our environment. We have malnourishment, the promotion of certain. Uh, Lifestyles and diets that you know deplete our bodies of the essential minerals and vitamins and the nourishment that it needs to thrive there's so 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 many sources of cumulative stress in our lives. I'd like for you to take a moment to consider what your're Primary sources of cumulative stress are. And recognize that uh, there are choices available to you, but one of the results or um, effects of this stress and this existing on the, the continuum of PTSD essentially is that you don't necessarily recognize the choices that are available to you, unfortunately. So what is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder? I want to clarify a couple of things. My intention in using that term is to offer kind of an anchor point, if you will, and not to further pathologize. So the D in this is indicative of disorder, which implies in many ways there's something kind of inherently wrong with you, like fundamentally off, that you can never shift out of. But I want to... Kind of push back against that and say, I don't actually believe that. What's happened in the case of a disorder, in the context of what I'm talking about, is there's something off in the environment. And there's a podcast, another podcast I was listening to recently called Parenting After Trauma by Robin Goebel. And she said, something along the lines of there's, there is no such thing as maladaptive behavior. And that really got me thinking. Because I, this is something that I've sort of hammered, (laughs) hammered in to the folks who follow my work. And that is that from the outside, something might look pathological. Something might look Maladaptive something might look completely dysfunctional in terms of behavior or the uh, the actions that you or another person engage in but the thing about what I'm presenting is that the behavior is indicative of some underlying um, intelligent process that's going on or unfolding that's actually meeting a need of some kind. So there's an underlying need being addressed by whatever the outward behavior is. So however pathological, it might appear from the outside, what's going on underneath the surface is an attempt to meet a need. It's an attempt at regulation. So if we can recognize that, it offers us a chance to get curious about what that need is. and develop, again, a sense of compassion around the, in, the underlying intelligence at play because it's not random what's going on. We can start to extend ourselves and others a bit of grace with that understanding that that, that deeper intelligence is actually there. Oh, actually, thank you, body, mind, spirit, heart, for creating these patterns that are attempting to meet this need that I have, that are attempting to offer regulation. What do I mean by regulation? I mean developing um, safeness in the nervous system offering us a sense of uh, meaning and coherence. So what are some signs of existing on this trauma continuum? Well, the neuro, I'm going to offer a little bit of science now, so bear with me if you're not super science-y. But the nervous system has sort of uh well the 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 research is being revealed on the nervous system the autonomic nervous system which is the part of our nervous system that um that works without us necessarily having to like think about it sort of the automatic if you will nervous system and the nervous system is um helping us to meet our needs whether we're conscious of it or not and what I find really interesting is that the body is actually constantly scanning and communicating with our environment to recognize and uh, pick up on cues of safeness of danger and of life threat Now, the beauty of this is that this is like metabolically efficient for us so that we don't have to like have a conscious thought of, oh, this is dangerous. I need to protect myself. No, it's like an implicit process that our body goes through. And the challenge of this is that um, our body is not always accurate in its perceptions of danger and life threat and safeness and our uh, protective stress response cycle our self-protective mechanisms are triggered not only by uh, our external environment but of our internal environment and our thoughts and our emotions which is very interesting so our own internal experiences can actually engage our protective mechanisms and our stress response arousal states in addition to whatever's going on externally. So all of the things that I mentioned earlier as external triggers of stress, but also simply our mental patterns, our emotional patterns, our thought patterns are affecting us and and launching us into these processes as well. So there's sort of three main responses that have been identified by researchers and clinicians. The first is really our ability to connect, to communicate, and to cooperate with others. And this is our first line of defense in the face of danger. And what that means is that we, we attempt to engage with others to get our needs met first. And unfortunately, when that is not successful at meeting our needs we move to the next phase and i should say un- for- the unfortunate part is that if a- our attempts to connect with others chronically doesn't meet our needs then that response actually will stop functioning so we go s- we skip over that part essentially and we go straight to the next phase, which is our sympathetic arousal or our it's commonly known as fight or flight. First, we'll actually go into flight. So what does that mean? We attempt to flee the danger that's before us. And when that doesn't work, we go into our fight response. When that doesn't work, we go into parasympathetic immobilization or freeze so that can feel like that whole process that sort of like arousal process or continuum really is like putting a foot on the gas for our sympathetic arousal and then if those don't work then suddenly we we step on the the brake but it's like we're stepping on the gas and the brake at the same time because um the energy of the mobilization is like still present in our bodies in our systems it hasn't resolved itself so what does that look like well <clears throat> an overactive flight might look like hyperactivity, anxiety, um, a high, high travel lifestyle, a tendency to kind of bail from certain situations or um, a pattern of disappearing or ghosting people in relationships and situations, impulsivity, Overwhelm, panic, a dependence on altered states of consciousness to kind of check out. Um, And then we have kind of an interesting thing that happens sometimes where when when these protective mechanisms chronically don't, help us get our needs met or create safeness for us we get like stuck in them kind of looping and they become chronic and they be- can can become um, either overactive or underactive interestingly and so you might have an overactive flight response or an an underactive one. So an underactive might look like um, addiction or self-harm. It can look like someone who's in a relationship that's harmful, but they won't actually leave. An overactive fight response might look like chronic defensiveness, aggression, explosive rage, violence, uh, chronic muscular tension, outbursts, sort of rigid black and white thinking, obsessive compulsive, controlling behavior or thoughts. Um, And the underactive might look like self-negations, a neglect of one's own needs. And then... We have the freeze response, which can look like existential dread or dissociated states, depression, not feeling present, being chronically unavailable or shut down, a loss of memory, living on autopilot, having a sort of like flat emotional landscape, just being disconnected and separated from yourself, from others numbness, helplessness, hopelessness, despair and these are all chronic when we look at any cross section of human population so this is something so many of us are dealing with But again, there is no maladaptive behavior. So these patterns are actually attempting to meet an underlying need. How do we resolve these patterns? Well, I come from a school of thought that says that these these are, are stuck in the physiology of the body. So we need ways of creating, um, essentially, at its most basic, receiving and developing, uh, well, I should say, at its most basic, the nervous system is able to resolve. It's able to come out of these states when it receives cues of safeness that are coupled with opportunities to connect with others and to find ways to resolve the uh, storied energetic signature of that physiological state. So what are the basic needs of each of our layers of self? Well, our body, again, needs cues of safeness and stability. Our mind actually needs the context of meaning-making. Our heart needs authentic connection. Our soul needs a relationship with source. Right now, I'm just offering A very basic foundational understanding that in the next few episodes, I want to be able to build on and offer you solutions and invitations to create opportunities for yourself to meet those needs. I want to invite you to, between now and when the next episode comes out, get curious with yourself and recognize what are the behavioral patterns that I have that may be indicative of this sort of PTSD existence on the spectrum of cumulative stress? And what are my patterns that I see that I seem to exhibit? Recognizing that there is an underlying need that is being met. So there's a benefit to even the seemingly pathological behaviors that you find in yourself. So get curious. What is the underlying need being met through this behavior? Maybe it's familiarity. Maybe it offers a sense of meaning and purpose. Maybe it allows me to connect with other people or with myself. Maybe it gives me an avenue to my to spirit to source get curious and this again this process of knowing yourself of developing that awareness allows you to build greater presence with yourself And presence is one of the most healing bombs that we can offer ourselves or anyone else in this life. Thank you for being here with me today. I, um, I'll leave you with that. And I hope you have a really beautiful rest of your week, rest of your day. And if you got something of value from this episode, I'll ask you to share it with your friends, with a loved one, family member. Maybe share it on your social media. Feel free to tag me at rachel.alaya. Feel free to head on over and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in on. It helps to get the message out, to bring this to others. Go ahead and give us a subscribe or a like wherever you saw this. And again, I'll be sharing soon the the membership opportunity offering that will be launched here shortly and you'll have a chance to to participate in that if it resonates with you sending you so much love have a beautiful day bye bye